Welcome back to Querialin Blast. This is episode 33. This will be episode six of season three recap. Today, Sarah couldn't be with us. So we have Chasing. You might recognize her from our Not That Complicated episode. Say hi, Chasing. Hi, everybody. Okay, and we'll just get right into it. Um, so I thought I would start with the ladies in this episode, just because they were all kind of in the same part of the episode. Um, plot wise and I really loved the lazy the ladies in this episode um, so we'll start with Maria which is the most obvious one um, because she's in a coma um, after the attack at Max's house um, and we don't know um, for most of the episode why she's in a coma because she does not um, seem to have hit her head that hard we we just don't know but we spend most of the episode in Maria's mind looking for Maria which is which was very interesting um because we haven't seen this part of the mindscape before or like the this kind of mindscape before where you're inside someone's head but you can find them um so I think it was very interesting and I think that leads right up to Isabel and Rosa teaming up, teaming up for this episode, which was great. I love them. And I do not always love the dynamic. I think in season two was kind of 50-50 because there was, there was good stuff, but it was also Isabel being very much um, herself, oh. yeah, which Isabel. with Rosa wasn't really, <laughs> it wasn't really the right, I think, um, personality but um I really love them in this episode I think they um stood up for each other they helped each other um it was great it was a great sibling I think like sibling like bigger sister for Isabel relationship that's, yeah that's what I was gonna say is that the gone are the sort of vibes from Isabel where she's still got that lingering mean girl vibe you know and that just that we, their weird dynamic which is always gonna be weird I mean Isabel killed her even if it wasn't you know but she physically killed her but now it feels very much like a mentor situation. A, you know, Rosa's always going to have this really weird age issue of what age she really is, emotional age, what all this. Uh, but Isabel actually seems to be much like she is with Maria, finally breaking down some walls that she had specifically for like female characters in this show overall. And she's letting people in and she's becoming friends and like becoming and letting them see her, her be vulnerable, which she had a hard time with everyone, but specifically other women for a very long time. So, you know, Rosa being able to come to Isabel when she has problems or asking for help and all of these things, I really, really, really love that. Um, I think also it's nice to see Rosa <clears throat> interacting. It's nice to see Rosa out of I've forgotten his name, Wyatt. I've, you know, it's nice to see them, her outside of that, their dynamic and see her interacting with other people. And so that was fantastic. And the mindscape was creepy. I mean, Isabel called it the Overlook Hotel Bar. Perfect. I mean, I love the vibes of that mindscape. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed just everything to do with the women in this episode. Um, and again, like with Isabel, I think what one of the things that really struck me with her was when she was, um, talking with Rosa after Rosa had left the, the room because of how overwhelming the landscape was. Um, and Rose and Isabel said something like along the lines of like, I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking about you. I just wanted to find Maria so badly. And that just was like, wow, she is expressing true emotion and compassion and like, and, and fear for another woman that she has come to care about so much. And I know that a lot of that we have is probably happening off screen over the last year. Um, that we missed. That said, I think I think they're doing a good job of showing it now, um, and they're showing us how much Isabel has evolved and this relationship has changed. Um, because I mean, you also see um, earlier in the in the season, like 
the Maria being willing to work with Isabel and like they, that, you know, it's just the familiar relationship has changed a lot with the two of them. And I, I, I just, I am so, I adore um, the talk to me goose that, that was in the, um, the mindscape. It was so cute. Oh my gosh. Like that little friend, but I loved it. I don't know where it came from, yeah. but I'm adore it. It's Top Gun. That's, oh, is it? Okay. It's Top, it's top Gun, but it was just, ah, it was so cute. I just, I just, I couldn't. And yeah, the, the way she was just reaching for her constantly throughout the episode um, and, and also wrote like the way that you see all these women coming together to save Maria, I think was such an important aspect of this episode. And you see Rosa reacting really emotionally to the hat and not, you know, you, you know, being separated from her and, and wanting to find her um, and Liz chasing down um, the science aspect and, and working on how, who took them. I just, it was, it was a beautiful moment of all these women working different aspects of the same mystery, but together and supporting each other emotionally while they're doing it. Like, I just think that's something we've not seen um, in the show before. Well, and it's also a nice contrast not to talk about a man because we don't have to go there yet, but it's a nice contrast to see how together Isabel and Liz and Rosa were relatively, I mean, you know, versus Michael, who for a minute there was very um, kind of letting his emotions explode, like, you know, letting his emotions guide him rather than his like critical thought. And so then you, which is just kind of a nice little flip of gender roles that you always love to see um, is that showing this wide range of, you can be emotional, you can be invested, you can be worried, you can be scared, but you can also use your brain and you can also support one another and not everything is a competition and not, you know, there's the genuine love between them. Even if you can criticize how much screen time they all get with one another sometimes, even if that's one of the major kind of downfalls of Roswell as a whole, what scenes they do have, they play it very well. And they, you can just tell the love and respect and chemistry between all of them. Um, Especially again, you know, I, I, for me, the center of it was just being, rem- um, it's remarkable how much Isabel has changed. And it's episodes like this that really shine a light on, because there would have been a time where she would have just plowed through, no asking for help, no stopping herself, really no. And here, even when she does that a little bit, you know, Rose is able to pull her back or they're able to talk it out to get, do it together. And it's just, I could have watched an entire episode of just this little like, like female empowerment, little like search group. It was amazing. Yeah. And just like Chasey mentioned, I think it was with Isabel, uh, we see a real like character development because I think in the past, it was always like her plowing ahead. It was always about herself or if you want to like that a little further, it could have been about Max or Michael, you know, that, that, was the extent of her thoughts. Um, and here, like Chasing mentioned, it's about she's plowing ahead, but she's doing it because she wants to get to Maria. So she's not doing out of selfishness. She's doing it because she wants to help. Genuinely, she wants to help Maria. And then she realizes she stops. She, she apologizes to, to Rosa, which was very important for Isabel. And they work together. So I, I really, really love that. Um, one other thing that I love is, well, obviously, how Isabel and Maria's relationship has um, progressed over the season. I, we all know how I feel about them. Um, always mourning them. But um, I do want to talk about Rosa a little bit because I really love how much again, character development that we see for her in this episode. Um, we um, find out that she has a new power, apparently, um, super hearing or something like that, which was very fun. Um, and it looks like at first she's not really able to control it. And then she f- manages to find a way to control it. And what I loved about it was how much of a metaphor that was for mental health and um, neurodivergence. So we know that Rosa is bipolar. So I think I've mentioned this before in one of our episodes that when you have a metaphor and at the same time in the same show or 
type of media, whatever, you have the actual thing that you're trying to represent with that metaphor, it works so much better. So the fact that we have this alien power that she's trying to control, and at the same time, we have a neurodivergent teenager, young woman, um, who's also a recovering addict, that works so, so, so well. And I, I love that she is able to manage it, kind of control it by the end with um, the help of music, obviously, which was always very important for her, and with the help of other women. Um, so she has Isabel there physically. She always has Liz, and she has her love for Maria as well and wanting to help her and find out what happened to her. So I just, I adore that. Yeah, it was really just so, it was just beautiful to watch. It just made me smile the entire time. Like even when they were struggling, like they every single step of the way, they were validating each other. You know, Isabel made sure to stop and tell Rosa, I want you to, to mark your progress. You're doing so well. Look at where you are versus where you've been. You know, life into the, the whole speech about, you know, life doesn't get easier, you just get stronger. And, and, and telling Rosa, you can do this. Like, I believe you can do this. That was so important, I think, for, for Rosa to hear. Um, and, and I think, um, like you mentioned with the, with the apology that Isabel gave, it's one of those things where I think there's times when somebody gives an apology that is much more important for them to say than the other person to hear. I think that, I think that Rosa wasn't really feeling um, hurt as much by, by Isabel specifically pushing her. I think she was feeling more that she could, like she was feeling disappointment herself. So I think she accepted, you know, Isabel's apology, but I don't think she needed to hear it as much as Isabel needed to say it because Isabel is tackling this issue she's dealing with of bowling through people and not stopping to take, you know, into consideration other people's needs, right? And so, you know, Isabel, Isabel needed that apology so much more than Rosa did. And I think it was really cool the way that it came out. Um, and obviously then you just dive in right into the, the Noah speech and that just, that little so moment good. that Rosa so took or Isabel, Isabel took when she said, you know, you know, after, after Noah, and then she goes, and that mm-hmm. just, that was like that, this like little breath that she took, like, I, I felt it. Right. And I think that any woman that has ever had any kind of a similar situation felt that as well. Anybody, not just any woman, anybody that's ever been in a situation where they were violated by another, like can feel that, like that need to remind yourself that you're okay before you bring it up, you know, and that's what she was doing. And it was just, they just do so well with it. They've always done so well in managing Isabel's trauma, I think. And they don't do always well with other people and they don't always get things right, but they've done a really good job over the last couple of seasons in managing Isabel's trauma. Well, and the fact that she was so easily, and not even easily, but the fact that she was able to bring him up um, and still maintain, you know, composure and just realize that it is, you know, something that happened and there's nothing that she can do about it. And now we, you know, she can use that, um, you know, the outcomes of that and the aftermath of that and really use that to change herself, which she has done, which again, like you said, Isabel is one character I don't have a lot of complaints about from day one in terms of character development. I mean, there's, you know, there's issues here and there. Um, I still, you know, have serious issues with the abortion uh, storyline in season two. But even if you put that aside, it it or include that, it, she's her progress is easily marked from day one until now. And I, I think it never has shown as much as it did this episode. Um, I, you, I mean, I'm just—I was just watching with my like mouth hanging open. Like, is this is Isabel? I'm just so proud of you. Um, and I think I didn't know how much I was waiting for that moment of her to talk about Noah until it happened. And I was like, holy! I was like, okay, don't cry. This is you know, don't cry. But it was a moment of like, you can move past it and you can really talk about it like it's okay and that was really like okay just gonna sob you know I loved it that and it could have been with a better person than Rosa I'm sorry I I pressured you and no it's not your fault I I should be in there helping and not out of here falling apart Rosa we are all falling apart I want to find her so bad I didn't think about how you I'm really sorry I don't know, I guess I just thought that when I got sober, life would get easier. 
I guess it just never will. Yeah. Life never gets easier. We just get stronger. But it doesn't matter how strong you get if you don't stop and give yourself some credit. For what it's worth, I believe that you can handle this. Yeah, but I can't. I, I mean, I, I can't even think straight. It's so loud. Nine. I know that you mean that literally, which obviously I can't relate to, but um, after Noah, it felt like he was everywhere. And I really had to learn how to block out that noise. Yeah, and I guess as, as like, personally as a queer bisexual woman who has trauma that's related to men, like, I felt so represented in that moment, you know? And I think it reminded me a lot of what we talked about um, in the last episode prior to the season starting. We discussed how much we wanted Isabel to work on herself before they th threw her into a queer relationship that was gonna take over her storyline, right? And I think they're really doing that. Like, I mean, they've made quips about her relationship, but that's not at all been her storyline this season at all. And I'm like really happy that we're see seeing this strong queer woman, uh, you know, address herself and, and, and find like this, the, the, like take care of herself first and, and, and grow like this before they make it about her sexuality, you know? Agreed. Yeah. Um, so one other dynamic that I always, always adored and we haven't, I feel like we haven't seen much of it um, lately, but it's Liz and Maria. So there was that very quick scene before uh, Liz kind of figures stuff, stuff out um, where she takes Maria's hand and talks to Maria. Um, I just, I just want to cry because that was so sweet and just feeling like that um, anxiety and like fear of like you seeing your best friend in a coma. Like, like I cannot imagine what that must be like. And it was just so great. I just wish that we got more of them all of the time because that dynamic is like so, so great. Um, and these women are, are so strong and all of the women in this on the show are, but these two women, especially like specifically, who are so strong and so headstrong as well. And they can be so vulnerable with one another. And it's kind of like what Rosa and Isabel have with one another, I think. Um, right now at least um, but I, I just love it and I love seeing it, even it if it was a very brief scene um, and it was just Liz technically because Maria wasn't in a coma but um, I just I just love everything to do with the two of them well and it's moments like that where I just want to like sit the writers down and say okay <clears throat> it's that scene it's that your characters right that's why we love this show like this is it you know, foster this, show this, because for a long time, we're supposed to believe that Liz and Maria were like best friends and we weren't seeing it at all, like really lacking. And you can't just tell me that people are friends. You know, I have to see it for them to believe, you know, and then it's that scene where it's like there, I felt the love and the connection and the friendship. So let's just do more of that. And it feels good. Um, that was one of my main complaints about season two um, was lack of time for all these characters and lack of not even, and also sometimes even when they got the time, the, the quality of time. And that was good, even though again, technically it was only Liz, but the point stands that it was a, a moment of vulnerability and a moment together um, that we've already seen multiple times this episode with various characters, which is a, just a great change. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, you know, that's one thing Roswell does so well is coma um, speeches, because we had it with Isabel and Max in season one, we had it with Liz, Liz and Michael with Max in season two, and now we've got it with Marie, and like, they're just good at it. Those are always the scenes that tug on all of our heartstrings and remind us why we love this show, because they just say all of the things, all the gritty, like, dirty things that need to come out in those kinds of moments, right? And the, the, I'm so mad at you for being sick or, you know, I'm not taking care of yourself and the, I'm so sorry. And I want to take care of you. Just so those things that like, 
show the humanity in these people. They was come out in the coma speeches and we just love them every season. And I just love that, that's the, that they're continuing to do that really well. Side note, how, how many times in one show can people be rendered unconscious? Like Honestly. how many, <laughs> it's just the number is infinite. I love it. Just I mean, knock, how many, knock how many bunkers can one town have? Right. <laughs> Yeah. Apparently a lot. I'm learning a lot about New Mexico at something, but it's a, it's I mean, a great when, trope. When you have an alien that can walk around just putting people in comas and like all the other, I mean, like this is going on. Like every single moment has made sense. Isabel was dying of a virus. Right. Like it's just, I mean, they, like, again, they do the camp really well. Y'all they like, they, they, yeah. when they lean into it, they do it really well. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really know what to put this because I didn't think it really fit with the Malik stuff. So I put the Liz and Alex scene here with Lady stuff. I loved it. <laughs> I love their dynamic. We see so little of it. It's, it's like much like Liz they're... and Maria. It's a lot like Liz and Maria. Yeah. They're, they're supposed to be this triad of, of, of yeah. friends that again was lacking for so long that finally a scene together talking about Kyle talking about Kyle I just love them I love that they both know Kyle so well and that that they know what Kyle would have said and I love that they they're both like I don't know what to do in this situation so I usually talk to Kyle in this kind of situation that was so sweet (laughs) team human so hard I mean even with Maria being half half alien in a coma like the team human dynamic in this seat this episode came out so strong they were protecting their person you know um and they were doing it like I just yeah the Liz and Alex I also just love like I saw some comment I don't remember where it was that like the reason the show hasn't put them together is because they decided to tear down the world in really like sketchy ways together <laughs> like let's go around this DNA analysis through this sketchy um you know deep states and conspiracy you know organization and I'm gonna go do this other illegal thing and it's just they're just they're dangerous together and I love it they're so chaotic and uh, I love that the most consistent character trait that Alex has is like caring by way of being an asshole so like says to Liz well I guess if you would take better care of yourself and not run yourself ragged you're like damn bro like it needs (laughs) to be said but damn like I mean here but you're right I mean not not to just to be in the stereotypes but he's a little bit of a sassy gay friend like he's gonna give you like a tough love like he and he doesn't tell like he but you can show like it's, it's not just it's not just on the surface. Like he cares for them so deeply, but he, he knows how to say what they need to hear in the moment. Well, and it's also something that's not his entire personality trait, right? But right, they, of course um, not at all. Right. And so it really came through in here that if there's anyone that he can say these things to, it's going to be Liz or, yeah. you know, Maria or Michael or whatever. He can say these things that need to be said and they need to hear them. And I really appreciate that. I just, I really was like, we, I cannot believe my dreams have come true and they're sitting around talking about how amazing Kyle is. And they're like, that was a really unexpected scene. Like I knew that they were going to have a scene together from all the behind the scenes photos or whatever. But um, it was nice to see them kind of, say they don't know for once and just be like I don't really know what to do or what to say you know the person that we would have looked to is not here what do we do and then you know a second later they're like well fuck it we got to channel him we got to we got to do right by him and they did so it was perfect well and I love that the show is taking Kyle out of out of out of frame and using those episodes where we can't have him but showing how how very vital he is to this team and to every single person on it every single person came to bat for Kyle you know I mean it was Maria too but like Kyle was missing Michael was investigating Liz was was investigating everybody was working I mean I guess not Liz and Rosa but like everyone else was working to help you know it was just much to protect Kyle and how important he is to them so even even you know these characters that they they that aren't quote-unquote the the main characters they're showing like they're they're showing the hole they leave in the show when they're not there and I love that I know it's so interesting because in some ways I wish that they when Alex isn't there sometimes I feel like that's a little bit lacking it's almost like when he's not there he's just really not agreed there. agreed 
Yeah. Um, so it was really lovely to see that this, the show and this town would not function without Kyle <laughs> like this. You, I mean, you can't not have him, you know, he's so vitally important this season. And after the disaster of season two and Kyle and where he was stuck the whole season, this is a welcome change. So let's move on to my Alex. Look, I'll talk to you later, okay? I'm not doing this with you. What are we doing, Alex? Because it sure ain't investigating a crime scene. I'm a cyber intelligence specialist. I'm not a magician. Well, I just want you to be a guy who gives a damn. When I thought it was me who was killed in Maria's vision, you said you would burn the world down to find out who hurt me. Don't Kyle and Maria at least deserve a few flames? I didn't say I wasn't going to do anything. I just don't want you anywhere near whatever it is I decide to do. Okay, first of all, I want to start by saying I did like the scene taken out of context in the sense that if that was the only scene that we ever saw of them, it's a good scene in and of itself. They, have a, they always have good chemistry. It's a good scene, okay? My, my frustration stems from the fact that the one other scene that we got for with them this season on screen at the same time um, was starting to feel like they were moving forward with their relationship, even if it was a very intense scene, that scene at the drive-in. But the ending of the scene was different from all the other scenes that we got. This one was right back to last season levels of we're going to have an intense conversation. We're going to say stuff to each other, yell at each other for a bit. And then we're just going to leave with a misunderstanding and miscommunication. And we're not going to talk to each other for the rest of the episode, because why would we? And then other people are going to kind of like smack us in the head and say, you guys love each other. You're just dumb. Um, and I'm just... I love them, but I'm just tired of it because I feel like every other dynamic and every other relationship has managed or has been given the chance to grow and develop and change for worse or for the better. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like you take Liz and Max, it's not that like their relationship is like sunsets and rainbows like it was last season. It's, you know, they're not together. They're, you know, figuring stuff out, but with them, you still have that hope of being like, well, they will figure stuff out, right? And with Malex, you're like, well, we're just at a stalemate. You know, they're not going anywhere. It's not changing. So to me, right now, if this is the way, and I hope to God, and I have to be hopeful that it, it will change throughout the second half of the season. But right now, this relationship is not compelling to me. Like, at all like if it doesn't change and it can change for the worse I hope it doesn't but it, you know just change it because right now this is the same thing that we saw in season two and I under I understand what Alex was doing and I understand that he was pushing Michael away and trying to protect him but he could have said it in a different way and still not give himself and deep sky away so I think I for me the problem is i mean you pretty much said any issues that i have um i uh, can, we can see the viewer can tell what's going on right can always tell like when they're protecting one another of course but it always comes down to it's almost like a sitcom level like three's company level of not understanding what's happening between the two of them like there's always that misunderstanding and it's like one different word bro would have changed the whole vibe of this scene because Michael doesn't know what's going on. We just went from, I would burn the entire fucking world down for you to, I don't want you anywhere near what I decide to do. Now we know what Alex means, right? But it always comes down to the same old, they make decisions for each other and not with each other. And is that intriguing? Absolutely. Is it intriguing after three years? Is it still the same? You could put 
this scene frame by frame against almost any other Malik scene from season two. And it would be the same formula. They meet, they share, you know, brief like info dump about things that are, that are happening. They say something weirdly intense with one another, often romantic. One of them storms off in anger, you know, and then repeat, rinse and repeat every time, every time. Um, and I enjoy them being on screen no matter what it is. I mean, it is just sort of like a rush of serotonin when they're on screen together. But I think I am ready for the next step so that all of this in context makes sense. Because in, in terms of what we um, can assume that Michael knows, all, all Michael knows is Alex and Forrest are together. And then confusingly, Alex says this deeply romantic thing. But then all of a sudden, very shortly after, Alex is being very cold. And I'm sorry. I got a weird amount of shit on Tumblr. That's the whole point. Alex is being cold because he's trying to be. He's trying to protect Michael. That's the whole point. He's being an asshole on purpose. It's not like I'm calling Alex an asshole. He's being one on purpose. He's being nonchalant about it. He's like, oh, well. This tower is not important. Well, you know, it does come across as that. So imagine what Michael's like, what the fuck, dude? What is happening? Who are you? All of this makes sense when we know that Alex is essentially in a cult. We get that. But again, it comes down to what Michael knows and he doesn't know shit. And it's confusing. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I, I don't disagree with anything you've said. I, I agree that a lot of it is a pattern, pattern repeating. Um, and that there has been a lot, a lot less linear progress um, for Malik than there has been for Echo, which I think is where we usually come back to comparisons. Um, that said, I really enjoyed the scene. I mean, I watched it both, like both times, and y'all, both times my arms were in the air, octo flailing. I was so happy just to be like, oh my god, that moment when Matt, Matt, or when Michael slammed the door on Alex when he was like, we'll talk about later. He was like, no, we're talking about now. Like, oh, I do know. like that. Now that is progress. That was that was a little, yeah, that was the progress that I like to see. That was the moment my arms were up, and I was like, yeah, like you got this. Like, yes, tell him you're not letting him walk away this time. And eventually, yes, it gets to the point where it's very clear that Alex is protecting Michael. And that said, that expression that they leave Michael on, I think Michael knows. I think he's frustrated. I think he's frustrated with Alex for the same reasons we're frustrated with Alex. I think that expression was he's fucking ignore, you know, excluding me again to protect me. He doesn't understand that I can handle this. And why is he leaving me out again? Don't we trust each other? Doesn't he know that I can, you know, I can take care of it. I just, I think, I think that Michael was feeling the same things that, you know, you both are feeling. I think that's what made that scene work for me because his, as soon as I realized, oh my God, he's doing this to protect Alex. We see Michael's face and I was like, oh, he knows. Like it was just the, you know, and that I think, was the progress I wanted to see. I do think that, I, I think um, Echo are in a lot different path because like, I mean, there's just a lot more roller coaster. It's a lot more up and Chasing's frozen for me. I don't know. Let's continue the conversation about Malik. Yeah, just continue. Yeah. All yeah, right. if you want to start recording again. I did. Yep, it- okay. Um, so, yeah, um, I did, again, I like the scene. The scene itself was fine. It was just the context yeah. of the whole seasons before that. Um, all uh, kind of plot part of the Malik scene was um, that Michael is investigating um, Kaz's um, kidnapping or disappearance. Um, so he's there because he tracked the signals from Kaz's radio and Kaz's radio mm-hmm. um, being broken. He found it broken, put it back together. Shattered. Yeah. yeah. So I, I will say something. Um, Right now, I'm more of a guarantee shipper than I'm a Malek shipper. Because, I mean, honestly, no, I, I get it. I mean, girl, I made the playlist. I have always been on that ship. <laughs> I, like, the Good chemistry one. that they had for the past two episodes and then Michael being so frustrated that he cannot figure this out. And so, like, again, Michael always kind of, like, 
blames himself for stuff and it is always kind of been in his personality but when he is in his um bunker and he goes i was supposed to protect kyle and and marie as well i'm like oh honey and and again like he just cares so much and it was so funny because again they pretend not to like each other all, all the time and they do care about each other so much it's just michael cares about everyone but this brings us nicely into um the scene with michael and sanders oh i love them so much okay okay there was like there were some debates actually happening um about that scene and i gotta tell y'all like i loved it so much because here is michael not only like we know this man has trained himself to never express his anger around people that don't know. Like he has, he, he has, it was what he was punished for, right? Like at any of expressions of anger, he was punished for that. He has trained himself, but this is showing after a year, he is clearly comfortable with Sanders and Sanders didn't flinch. And not only that, but like, usually he's breaking car windows. He's whatever. He knocked over his own damn table. He's got to clean that shit up. Like he is finally expressing that like quote unquote violence in productive ways, or at least ways that are not harmful. They're very harmless. They're things that are only going to affect him. Like I think both the knocking the table over and picking it up are both cathartic pieces of that, like, you know, that expression of anger. And you see, as soon as it happens, he goes and just, he needed to just let it out. And it was just so beautiful that he let it out with Sanders. I just, I just, I, I was so in love with that so much. Well, and I think, you know, Michael, you know, would it be great if he didn't need to like release that pressure, you know, obviously, but also that's human emotion. We just don't have that extra you right. know, level of like, if I could, believe me, if I could blow the windows out of a fucking car with my like anger, there'd be no <laughs> car windows anywhere in this vicinity. So I think that both times, I think even with the, like before it was a couple episodes ago, we saw him do the same thing. Even then we saw him, I think, take a breath and, and realize that like, this isn't necessarily productive. I need, you know, got it out. I'm good. It didn't sort of consume him for the whole episode and like this like little burning piece of like anger, you know, just let it out like a normal person, some ish. And then he was able to move past it and then think rationally. I mean, if if you think of it as a buildup of energy, that's all it is, is especially for for the aliens, buildup of energy, a release. And then he's able to think about what Sanders is telling him and use his brain when it's not clouded by emotion, which was was great. I think some people punch bags, you know, in a gym. Like I think violence right. as an outlet of expression is not necessarily a bad thing. It's only bad when it's harmful or it's harmful, you know, like if he was breaking other people's stuff, like that is not a good sign of healthy behavior, but he knocked over his own damn table. Like, right. I just thought it was good progress. Yeah. And I like Sanders, you know, of course the line about Alex, you know, I love him like dadding him and like, and, and, yeah being that dad that, that Michael always needed. But I also like that line because, you know, Roswell's never subtle about that li- line about um, you're so angry about yesterday that you can't see what happened today. Like that's so Michael, like what a perfect line to yes. say to him. But I like that Sanders is not just this sort of background character. I mean, he is, but this, that's just sort of vaguely providing support that we actually see a conversation that insinuates many, many other conversations that have happened in this year yes. to get to this point. And so that sort of gentle teasing that like, dad, come on, don't embarrass me kind of thing. Like, I think that Nora would be just beside herself to know that this is who's looking out for Michael and, and they're looking out for each other. And they're, there's always going to be this little snarky part of Michael, you know, because he never got to be a teenager. He never got to be an asshole teenager who like, you know, is snarky to their parents. And so he has a little bit of that now and that's fine. I, I think Sanders, if anyone can take it, Sanders can, cause he's just like, shut up. Still trying to figure out what fried him? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure my friend knows something about it, but he won't tell me for some reason. I assume this friend is Alex. <laughs> I ain't blind kid. I mean, I am blind, but even I can see that you two are a thing or not. And since he won't tell me, I have to figure it out myself. I was supposed to protect Kyle and Maria, 
who's currently in a damn coma. Doesn't make any sense. But it does. You're just so busy beating yourself up for yesterday, you can't focus on what happened today. Yeah, 100%. And I do love that. I do think I do get major dead vibes from this scene. Uh, not only the part about Alex and, you know, I know you're a thing that was so, I love him so much, but also like the fact that he, he knows what's going on. Like he's figured out the science before Michael has, or like he has more information that Michael doesn't have. I, I don't really know how, you know, the pieces fit together there, but, um, and it's not like, sit down and let me explain this to you because I know more than you is like, I'm giving you this information, get to the point yourself. Um, and that again is such a, like a dead thing to do. Like I'm giving you all the information. Now you figure stuff out for yourself. Um, so that was really cool. And then Michael getting to the point and being like so excited that he got it. Um, that was really cute as well. So it's just overall a very lovely scene. Well, and I love how comfortably Michael kind of leaned on Sanders for advice. He even said, what am I missing? Tell me, like, help me. Like he, we don't see him so easily ask for help. And this was just second nature at this point. He trusts Sanders so implicitly that he, he respects his opinion and wants to hear his thoughts. Uh, and that is really important. And I think that's, that's, that is progress for Michael. And it's also progress for the relationship. And I also just love that. Like, I love that line about like, you know, you're so you know, busy worried about yesterday or whatever. And I also love Michael's reaction to that, that like, okay, smart ass. Like that was just so like, that is, that is, that is a reaction of somebody knowing that is exactly what they needed to hear, but they didn't want to hear it. And it was perfect. I just, yeah. And I, everything you said, Mick, about like the, um, the dadding and the helping him that get there is just exactly right. It's so good. Okay. So we, if we don't have anything else to say about Michael in this episode, we're going to move on to um, the Alex part of the episode and Deep Sky. <sighs> Again, <laughs> so it frustrates me. I'm so confused by Ramos. It's fine. Why is everyone related? I don't know. Well, and I actually, I kind of had a thought of like, is possibly he related to through Michelle, but he has the Valenti radio. So that doesn't make sense. Unless, no. well, are we sure it was the Valenti grandfather? That was a few episodes ago. Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know that it was, yeah, yeah, we know, because it's, yeah, Jim's right? voice. Yeah. It was, yes, okay, yeah, so, yeah, everyone's so, just fucking related. So, so, Ramos is, what, his uncle? So, he's Jim's brother. I think you have brother. to imagine, I think, well. Uncle, yeah. I don't know that Ramos ever, I mean, I don't know that he ever, I think, uh, who's Eric? I almost said Eric. Um, Alex came to that realization, <laughs> I don't know, um, and I don't think Ramos, like, confirmed or denied but we know that that's the point of the whole conversation that he's Kyle's uncle I don't know well, he said he said straight up I don't have a nephew so he's completely denying it yeah um, oh, that's right. so why is everyone related why do we have to be related I don't understand I mean look at last season with Elena and all of the the telenovela stuff that they did I mean they're I mean it's it's just they're super leaning into the camp and how can we draw all these pieces back together that said I really don't understand what's going on with him and like i'm confused is alex I, i'm guessing okay i guess my point is for me that the part that's confusing me is that obviously we can we assume and we see that alex joined deep sky to sort of be a spy like see what's going on so he must be a really good actor because he seems to be really into this and he's just like what did he say the line that really um he basically was like, oh, you've been lying to me. Like, you haven't been honest or whatever. And we're like, yeah, no shit, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I it, was, it was like, I trusted you and I shouldn't have. Trusted and it's you. Like, yeah, no That's shit. what it was. I, I trusted, trusted you, you and I shouldn't have. Okay. So, yeah. He's the, leader. That... He's the leader of a deep state conspiracy paramilitary group. I don't know where the trust ever was going to be there. So I'm assuming he's like really leaning into this to well, gain his trust. Him. Like investigating him. Like he's like asking about like the alien stuff. And I think that was this episode of him asking about like, is it used for um the question the so good or evil, but also the um 
do you believe that aliens might have mm-hmm. a might be harmful to society? He's he's poking them because he has more information than they do, and he wants to know what their what their headspace was like that. But that also was Ramos completely manipulating and saying everything Alex needed to hear to get mm-hmm. Alex to trust him. Yeah, everything, because, every bit of that was so calculated. And I'm, and I'm kind of wondering. So the my assumption being that Alex is sort of playing this whole thing. But then again, we thought that with Jesse last season, and I, so oh, it's oh, almost. Don't even. Like, no, so it's almost like one of these things like surely Alex isn't that trusting that's not the Alex that we've seen but he did he never revealed he is, that he was playing Jesse in that way as he started to really trust this random deep sky guy I mean he is the guy that said he's like he like he wants to see the good in people and believe in the good in people last season and it's like you went in but like I thought you were smarter than that right like I just thought Alex was smarter than that so I hope that he is yeah, and then he acts like an asshole to his friends. So, like, I don't know what's going on with Alex. I'm like, I know that Alex- it's going to it's going to come down to that sort of isolating. He did join. I don't care what else you call it. He joined a like a, a QAnon weird cult. I mean, that's the whole point of it. It's just it's just fancier. It's just yeah. they have money and they yeah. you know whatever. But this sort of conspiracy theory ridden group. I mean, obviously, I'm so I'm assuming that all of this weird behavioral changes are coming from that, which would make sense if you're going to isolate yourself. And because and, I don't think anyone knows what he's doing. And so we can't really talk about it, I guess. I never know who knows what, but Mike, I think we can say right, because we know knows. that we know that um, his brother knows that he joined Sky. I, like I don't think he else? knows exactly. I think he knows Alex. Alex told him that he was um, honorably discharged from the military um and then he was he got another job doing something but he, okay. he didn't really tell him okay. i mean i mean deep sky um so no he didn't tell anybody but but they all um, know that he has some kind of, uh, he still has access to science apparently. because i mean well they, they mean they, even if they didn't know that now they don't they, before they don't now because he used that right. science to come in this episode, so. <laughs> i love that liz didn't question it she right. was like, sure. Yeah, here's 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 samples of DNA, and you're gonna take it to this unknown location and somehow get the information. I won't question it at all. I mean that's so Liz. That, I love it. It it's is so Liz. it is so Liz, but it's also pretty indicative of their relationship too. Those little yeah. tiny things that you're like, okay, they're a lot closer than they sometimes let on. Right, exactly. So I don't know. The the I think the Alex thing confuses me deeply. Um, I think part of it is because. He was the only one in six episodes to miss two episodes already. So he was in a third of the season that we've seen so far. Um, and I think that comes, and two of those episodes were not in Deep Sky. So we've seen him in, in Deep Sky for like two episodes. Um, so I think that's part of the confusion. Part of the confusion is I just have no idea what the fuck is going on with Deep Sky. Part of it is from, I, I do genuinely believe that Alex trusts or, you know, kind of believes at least part of what Ramos is saying to him. Um, and Ramos got in his head because otherwise he wouldn't have said, you lied to me, which obviously he did, Alex. Duh. He's just, I'm just like, he knew. He's your this dad. He's, he's literally, exactly. And I guess what I'm not understanding is Alex knows what kind of people deep sky are or he wouldn't have been so angry with Forrest for being a part of it yeah he was in the military he gets what they're doing here he gets the vibe here he's right the vibe. Like, he knew, like, like i'm shocked he didn't already know that there was a terrorist link to this guy soon i will say one thing that this season has done that none of the others have done it's it's been like four or five days yeah. In six episodes or like maybe a week. Like it has been a very tight timeline this season. True. It has been hours and hours, you know. So he maybe not as had, hadn't had time because he met he met Ramos like four days ago, maybe three days ago yeah. in in, but, in canon. So but yeah. it is then it again, shocking to me that he didn't already know that there was terrorist ties to this guy. Exactly. Then again, I would have thought like the moment that you know his full name, you go and hack into like maybe that, open the that's Google. the idea of Alex. I don't know. Well, I don't I think I think I think Ramos has because if he if he is an uncle and he is a Valenti uncle, his last name should have been Valenti. So Ramos is like I mean, if we're thinking about you know I mean that's why I thought he might have been his sisters. 
or his um, oh. it, um Michelle's brother because maybe it was Michelle Ramos but like he had to have changed his name right I also I also my question is I mean the Valentes have been in America since early early times Ramos has a pretty distinct accent which means he grew up in a primarily Spanish-speaking place yeah yeah, that's yeah I mean none of it makes any sense I mean I, let's right. be very exactly. clear here so is he like an, an illegitimate um son to the valenti lame or something is that how, i just i just wonder i think like i've had to update my theory of who's dying again um but if he is a valenti then i hope that he's the one dying um and so it, it just means that it's not kyle <laughs> but why would rosa be upset i don't know well, and that's that's what i wonder because i think it's pretty clear that the 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 um funerals kyle's but like michael mentioned how much can can maria change the future because like my i have a theory that possibly this fire that is about to go out and stop dropping ash might not be the only fire we see this season there might be another one that comes up and there's a you know that said what if by doing whatever she was doing she prevented it from happening i don't know if they kill kyle off this season i'm but fucking pissed I think it's, I think Kyle right now, because they tried to kill him once, I think it will be too obvious. Yeah. And Katie and Sarah said, no, but that, maybe that makes sense. And I was like, no, it doesn't make sense because they already tried once and he survived. So listen, I'm just holding on. I'm, I'm just holding on to the hope that we saw Trevino filming next season. You know, we don't know if it was acting or directing or what, but yeah, we did see a photo of him on set in season four so i'm just holding on to that hope i mean i'm just i, I don't i haven't been watching the episodes live and i get a, a download of what happened before i watch them so if kyle dies i just will stop watching the show i don't know i do i do all hang on to the hope that because we were kind of talking between us um whether or not maria's visions were changing whether she was like unlocking new parts of it whether she could actually change the future with you know trying to prevent stuff from happening um that she could see in the vision so either it's that you know she actually changed the future um or i would say the funeral which I, i've been saying for a while but i either that or the funeral is fake and they're all acting because i cannot i cannot believe that it's actually kyle I know I just that that's really hard for me so I, I also don't ha- I have a hard time with like I mean I got I mean, if, if it's Michelle that's another Valenti um why Rosa would be so upset yeah but I mean maybe I mean it's her brother's mom I don't know I think there's a lot to the season they're intentionally keeping from us and I think we're supposed mm-hmm. to be asking these questions right now and like it's frustrating but I, I'm really curious to see the back half of the season like I think I think this first half of the season has been a ride and it did not go anywhere near where I expected it to go. Yeah. And I'm been enjoying it. I mean, they've, they've had some bumps and there's certain things I, I was like, why did the hell did they do that? But for the most part, it's been a really enjoyable show to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's move on to Mr. Jones. Sexy badass Misa Jones. We love Holy him. Hell. My favorite. My favorite. <laughs> he is the devil. It is I will say I've been watching this the first. So watching um Mr. Jones be painted as the devil and the show and some of the like the key the play the play on words they've done has been really enjoyable for me. Um it's this is so I just think he's so chaotic and it's like they keep doing things where it just makes you go, oh, 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 oh. I hate myself because <laughs> Nathan Dean Parsons has political beliefs that make me want to die, especially given what's going on right now. And I should not love it, but my male loving body just wants what it wants. And his mannerisms. It's been so good. I will say, like I I said, I, um, I watched the episode knowing that Jones was taking Max's body over. And so I, I I think I missed out on that like realization because I spent the entire episode being really frustrated with everyone for not figuring it out because it's so stupidly obvious the entire Why are time. Why people so stupid? I cannot, I cannot believe Liz did not find that fucking handprint and go immediately it's Jones or he ignored the Henry the thing or Henry the fourth reference. 
Jones. And immediately it's fucking Jones. Every single time I'm like, what, what are you doing, woman? And other people around him too. But like, Liz, lady, what are you doing, girl? It is absolutely not Max. It's, there's no there's no amount of like, I know you've been through a lot lately. This is not Max that is doing this right now. It was just so obvious. It was a whole episode of that scene where they couldn't figure out it was Sanders, even though it's a room full of intelligent people. It's, it was a whole episode of me going, he's standing like this. He has the hand gesture. He's sitting there in front of Maria with that weird fucking hand gesture. The minute that you notice that he lied about what happened in the vision, it shouldn't have even been a question. Like it should have been exactly. immediate. Now I know it's what? for like drama, but like. Right. Like there's nothing, no, nothing, there's nothing that, that, that is happening that would make, that would make it make sense that it's Max doing these behaviors. Like every single step of the way, it was like, this is not just Max dealing with an issue. This is behavioral th- behaviors that do not in any way reflect Max's history at all. It was just, it was just wild to watch it and how long they dragged it out. You know what? I think I agree 100%. I think the mannerism of Max, he played well, but he didn't know shit about Max. That's a problem. Right. So he, he could not interact with people that Max in, interacts on a daily basis with. So that what should have made them figure out. That being said, I would have loved to have him try to calm them a little longer just because it's I wanted a the lot whole of fun. season to be completely it's a honest. Lot of fun. I wanted most of the season to be Jones. And it to be a lot more subtle than that. And you're not really right, even the whole scene. Way right. more subtle, way more subtle. Because I wanted it to come down to a scene where they had to choose between the two Maxes and figure out which is the real one or whatever. I wanted one of those like tropey things. Right. Not to right. say we can't do that, but by now Jones has impersonated Max twice. Is he gonna do it again? I don't right. I don't think so. But right. So it's like another one of those, like we couldn't have done it like subtly and made it kind of drag it out for a few episodes. No? Okay. <laughs> the single most like erotic moment on Roswell, New Mexico <laughs> is not is not episode three of season one with Malik's. No, no. And it's not the end of season one with Echo. No, no. It was Jones at the end about bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yes, and, like, it was. Holy shit. He's like, we'll see about like, that. And I was like, oh, panties dropping. Yeah, like this is, I need a shower. Like what is <laughs> happening here? Like I rewatched it over and over again. Like just, okay, that intense look on his face. I was like, I hate myself, but here we are. Because again, it's just fun. It's so much fun. It's like so it's camp. such a fun villain to have. Yes. And now that we know he's that just he's a villain, doing wild shit. Yeah. His body. He's just he's just walking around with a dog doing wild, with this, like a giant glowing sword doing wild shit in Max's body. And just it like, is, I am so here for it. Walmart Max with a Walmart lightsaber just wrecking <laughs> it, like everything like just wreaking havoc that's all I've wanted like that's all I have been waiting for yeah it's fantastic it's so fun I'm very here for it yeah um so yeah let's talk about the lightsaber bit before we talk about Maria um just because it runs on um that was really interesting because I think it kind of merges with what happened with Maria because the people who were at Max's house and probably took Kyle and were involved with Maria being in a coma. Um, do we all agree they're deep sky? Like, I don't know. They were in a pretty little ramshackle fucking hut when he found them, right? Like, it didn't seem like a deep sky operation. Also, am I dumb? Hold on, this might be a dumb question <laughs> because, again, I lose details all the time. I'm a big picture kind of person. Is it not true that Max or Jones has to be the one who picks up that sword? Lightsaber? Yes. What? Yes. It has to be Max it's or Jones that picks up yeah, that yeah, sword yeah. thing? That, yeah. Yeah. So how did they get it? Because I mean, he, 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 he got burned. He got burned. Oh, he did get burned. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Yeah. It was his blood on that shovel, so it had to yeah. be. But it wasn't. It was on his arm. Like, how did he pick? Well, how did they? No, I, I, I don't know. I have confusion with that, too, because it makes you see. It makes it sound like the arm is the shovel but then it's like oh no he got burned by the burning sword yeah. that like burned a hole in the just by sitting in a car and uh-huh. it made that car it, 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 it destroyed it also destroyed that car just the just the presence of that sword 
burned out that car. Yeah. So I don't know. Who because, these guys? Yeah. Cause what I think they might be, because I think they said like the new sheriff, I think she said that the car was actually belonged yes. to someone in the regiment. Yes. Um, so I think maybe Ramos or Deep Sky um, are working or were working in this particular situation with the regiment um because they're the kind of like the regiment is the kind of damas people who would you know be the the grunt do the grunt work for for yeah. them you know that would make sense and then but because the regiment it doesn't make sense that the regiment would go after the sword because it's an alien thing but it would make sense if if it was deep sky and then we know that deep sky or ramos have kyle so <laughs> i think you know I think either they're both involved or it's all deep sky and those two yeah. were just like doing the they're henchmen. Work. They're henchmen. Yeah, I they're think henchmen. they're henchmen. And like the, they, all, they, they kind of point a lot throughout the episode to it being a frame job. They say that, oh, the guy whose car it was, oh, he says he, it's parked and he never uses it. So he thinks it was stolen. And they keep saying like, oh, it was a guy's in the alien mask. that must be the regiment or somebody else. And you know, they keep making, they make references throughout the episode and throughout different scenes, they're like making it seem like a frame job. That said, it would not put me put it. I wouldn't put it past the show to connect those two. Um, and I, I will say, I loved, I loved the scene that Rosa overheard with the de- the 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 regiment deputy and the sheriff talking about the guy. The guys talking about how like things weird happened around him, and it wasn't. He kept he's telling he's telling the sheriff it wasn't us. We would have gone after him. But also saying, you know, like he creeps me out. Weird things happen around him. Blah blah blah. So there's a lot of interesting little tidbits happening. I think like I mean. It does feel like it's building somewhere. Granted, they've done that before and things got dropped, but we'll see. Um, I am really interested in what Jones wants for Maria because he does start digging into like you're connected to you know your divisions to you know to your grand your you know your family to Louise, and we know he, he was, was so hunting down Louise and like Isabel, even if she was you know, even if she's genetically connected, what isn't connected through those memories, like, you know, Louis, Maria was born, Maria's great-great-grandmother was born after these memories happened or during these memories happening. So, you know, it could be a connection of, like, specifically Maria's memories, that genetic link is the one that has those. And there's something alien about that. I'm sure there's something that has to do with, like, links through, like, like uh, memory links through the alien DNA, which would be really interesting to explore. But I want to know, like, how he's hunting down in her head or is he just keeping her there till he can get to her like what is the situation there like because we know that he got the grandmother's name but like what else is he looking for yeah 100 that that's what i'm interested in as well um and also to see how long he's gonna have maria hostage in her own head i think there are some spoilers that I think I think I read um Heather's interview because she's directing next episode. Um, so she did an interview as well. Um, and we are going to see them kind of have this little send-out in her mindscape while everyone else is having the send-out with Jones outside of her of her mindscape. Um, so it's gonna be really interesting. I always wanted to see more of or know more of Maria's um, family because it was always a very interesting thread that they um, kind of put there throughout the season, which we're kind of getting to. Um, we're getting to Maria's powers and stuff with this season. Um, so I hope with Jones, whether he, I mean, he's doing obviously for evil reasons, but at least he's giving us information that we want. So we um, as the audience so um right and i think what's interesting what we learn what we do learn from that situation about jones is like he can, in all the memories that he shared from 1948 he's made it seem like his only goal was finding max but clearly there's something else that louise had that he wants if he's digging in maria's memory um and he also said i know let's go find some bad men and we have work to do what is it like i mean if he's just finding bad men to kill to gain power like that's I mean, that seems kind of on brand for him, but it, there's got to be more to it if he's hunting in Louise's memories. Because, like, he's found maps. He keep, there's, what else could he want from Louise, right? There's got to be something else.
So our last bit is everyone's favorite part of the episode. Um, my favorite part, again, were the ladies, um, specifically Isabel and Maria throughout the episode. Uh, Isabel and Rosa, excuse me, throughout the episode. Um, and just Rosa. Rosa in particular figuring stuff out. Um, that was really great. Amanda? Uh, I can't pick one. I don't know. I really don't know because I want to say Isabel and Rosa talking about Noah which was really powerful really short but needed I also want to say Michael and Sanders because of course I do because what a great dynamic and also who Mm -hmm. knew Sanders was fucking brilliant I don't know we just don't we don't know anything about him but then I also want to say Jones with the fucking lightsaber at the end so I don't know it's all of those all the scenes equally I think if I had to pick just one I would say Isabel and Rosa because it's just such a good dynamic uh, I would also say Isabel and Rosa. That was that's what I think has stuck with me the most after the episode. Um, just that, that that growth of that relationship and the way that they're being vulnerable with each other. That said, I have to give an honorable mention to um, Liz and um, Alex gushing about Kyle and that whole like, that whole scene was just so good. It was it was such that needed that needed relationship building that we had missed out on. So honorable mention. All right. Anything else on the episode? Nope. Yeah. Okay. So that was a recap of episode 306. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Chasing, for joining us. It was lovely to have Thank you. Thank you. It was so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, and I think next week we'll be back to our original trio, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> so as always, guys, remember to send us your thoughts and questions. And every episode we'll cover all of your theories if you have any you can always catch us on tumblr twitter and instagram at queer alien blast and we'll see you next week thank you guys bye thank you bye